Well, we have a few people in the cheap seats. Good to see you guys up there. Very good. Glad to be here. There we go. Hey, uh, we're a little far away from each other today, so you're going to have to help me preach a little bit this morning. Right? So if you hear something that God kind of stirs your heart, I'd love to hear from you. And uh, just might kind of help me kind of stay connected with you. We have this little distance. You can bridge that by, yeah, by, by getting into it. Thank you, Joe. I saw that hand. Hey, uh, so it's been said there are two great days in a man's life. The day he's born and the day he knows why he was born. Well, today's that day. Today's going to be a good day because today is the day where you and I learn why we were born, what we were created for. And I want you to think of it. Most people spend their entire lives trying to figure out why they were born, hoping to uncover their purpose. They search for their reason for being. Understanding the purpose of life has consumed and confounded and puzzled people since time began. And you're going to get your answer this morning right here at Ludlow. You know what people do? They will do almost anything to discover their purpose, that which gives their life ultimate meaning. Countless books have been written on the subjects. Seminars, advisors, counselors, so-called experts, written reams of books, essays, blogs, and studies in in an attempt to answer the foundational questions of life. What am I created for? What's the meaning of life? What's my created purpose? What on earth am I here for anyway? It's the question of the ages, really. The problem is that most people have to settle for an answer based on speculation. You know, a best guess or human reasoning or a theory where they they hope it gets them into the ballpark of truth in an answer to this question. But it's pretty tough to settle for a, a best guess or a theory when we're talking about something as serious and important as the meaning of life, the purpose of life. You know what the problem is? You will never discover the purpose of your life by looking within yourself. It can only come from the one who created you and put this purpose in you. The answer comes from the one who designed you with a purpose. So last week we, we answered the question, who are we? Who, God, who did God create us to be? We saw that throughout the page of the scripture, the word of God tells the truth, speaks the truth, that God is first and foremost a father. A father who has adopted us as his children because he wants a father-child relationship with us. We're no longer slaves, but we're sons. We're favored, cherished sons and daughters of the God of the universe. This is who we are. God wants us to approach him and relate to him as a child relates to a father. I know it sounds too good to be true, but it's true. It's right there in Scripture. It's the truth of who we are and who God created us to be. We were made for this kind of relationship. God is our Father. So this week, we're going to look at what we were created for. What was God's design for us, His purpose for us from the beginning? And I've got to tell you, it's really not that big of a mystery. Because right out of the gate, in the first pages of Scripture, the Bible tells us what we were created for. In the first chapter of Genesis, we're told that you and I... We're made in the image of God himself. God said, let us make man in our image. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over all the earth. Adam and Eve were to rule over creation. 
and filled the earth with the image of God. God said it as straight as he knew how. I have put my image in you. Now I want you to fill the earth with this image. It was a perfect plan. Perfect until this couple willfully disobeyed God and chose to eat from the exact tree that God commanded them not to. And you know what happened. Adam and Eve, sin entered the garden and Adam and Eve became guilty and fearful. It was sin that destroyed the image of God in this first man and first woman. And our identity was forever marred, forever disfigured. Every person born since has been born with this marred image. And we don't know who we are and we don't know what we were created for. Every person born since has been born with this identity crisis. The consequence of our sin was serious. You know, sin has made us so selfish. Self-conscious, self-centered, self-focused, self-righteous, self-defending, self-justifying. And after we sinned, here's what happened. Our purpose changed. Our purpose became all about us. It was no longer about filling the earth with the image of God. Rather, our purpose became about our needs, our desires, our plans, our rights. That's why we get so hurt and so disappointed, so offended, so frustrated, so defensive. Why? Because it's become all about us. God's purpose is and always has been to showcase the image of God in the people he loves. God's purpose is not to get you into heaven. It's to get heaven into you. He created you in his image. He said, fill the earth with my image. He wants to reproduce himself in you. That's his purpose for you. It's been that way since the beginning. Do you see what God did? He created human beings in his image, and then he put his image inside Adam and Eve. They then chose to willfully disobey, and the image of God in them was forever damaged. And God warned them about this. Remember? Remember what God told Adam and Eve would happen if they ate from the tree? Remember what he said? He said, when the day you eat of the tree, you will surely die. That's right. I see that, Ed. Correct. Did they die? Well, they didn't fall over dead. But they died. What died? Who God created them to be died. The image of God, the spirit of God that he placed in them, damaged. And the likeness of God they carried was now forever marred, forever disfigured. See, our sin destroyed this image of God that he put into us from creation. So God's remedy... His plan to restore this image was to send his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sin, the sin that damaged the image. So now we repent, we put our faith in Jesus, and our relationship with God the Father is restored. And so now with our relationship restored, God can put his spirit back inside of us, restoring the image of God back in us. We're back to original design. God's Holy Spirit, the image of God, is put back into those who follow Jesus. Do you see how this is working? Let me make it really clear. Just to be crystal clear, one more time. We ruined the original image that God put in us. So God's solution was to provide His Son to take away our sin, to get us in right relationship with the Father, so He could put His Spirit back inside of us. Our image is re The image of God is restored. After he puts the spirit back in us. It's called redemption. We've sung about it. Redeemed. You know what redeemed's definition is? Bought back and restored to original value. Jesus did not die only for your salvation. 
That is to get you into heaven. But Jesus died to purchase your redemption, to restore the image of God back inside you. So I'll say it again. God's purpose for you is and always has been to have you fill the earth with the image of God. We just needed a second chance. And Jesus gave it to us. But our problem is that you and I, we often want to incorporate God into our life for a better one rather than a transformed one. When the whole reason you're a Christian, the whole purpose of your life is to fill the earth with the image of God. It's not to fulfill you, it's to fill the earth with his image. To become the heart of God, to be love like God, to share this love with others, to fill the earth with his image. That's what you were created for, that's your created purpose. This transformation that God provides by restoring his image, this transformation, it starts with you. We begin to fulfill our purpose by getting truth into you. Because the truth will set you free. See, God's truth will free me from myself, so I don't have to be so self-absorbed and self-focused and self-defending. Truth will free me from you and from others, so I don't have to be so desperate for the approval of others. I can be free from their opinions about me. I don't need to be so hurt and offended by what they say and don't say about me, about what they do and they don't do for me. I'm free to be loved by God, and knowing that I'm loved by God, I'm a treasured son, it does not matter now what other people think so much. So how do you get the truth into us? Well, we begin by believing what God says about us. We believe the truth that's in God's word. So, if God thought we were worth the death of his son to purchase us, to purchase our redemption, I guess we should start to believe that we have great value, we have great worth to the Father. If God says we're made worthy through the blood, I guess that settles it. Sounds like we're worthy. If God says, I love you forever and my love will never change and never fail, I guess discussion's over. We're loved by the Father. If God says we're accepted and adopted as dearly loved children, I guess we should start there instead of trying harder. If he says we can approach the throne of grace with confidence to receive mercy and grace in our time of need, he must be for us and not against us. That sounds pretty good. If he says that nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus, I guess we should start to believe it. And start living confidently like it's true. If he says that by his power we have everything we need for godliness, that we have these great and precious promises so we can escape the corruption of the world caused by evil desires, sounds like sin no longer has a hold on us. Sounds like we're set free from the law of sin and death. If he says that he's put his spirit in us, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, I guess we have no reason to fear or worry about whether we're able or capable in a given situation. His Spirit lives in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. What could we possibly fear with the Spirit of God living inside us? Jesus said if we hold to his teaching, we will be his disciples. We'll know the truth, and the truth will set us free. We're free from guilt and free from shame and free from condemnation. Sounds like we're free. Sounds like it's settled, church. You just got to start believing what God says about you. We have to start believing that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside those of us who follow Jesus. And this spirit is the image of God placed back inside me so I can begin to fulfill my created purpose, to fill the earth with the image of God. It's, I was made for this. You were made for this. You just got to start believing it because it's the truth. You have to start believing the truth about you, about what God says about you, 
about what he says about us in his word. Because it's true. We've got to go from knowing it to believing it. And I know what you're going to say because you've got soft hearts and you're honest about where you're at. You're going to say, but I'm still so broken. I'm still so weak. I'm still so sinful. What do I do about that? You accept his forgiveness and you walk by faith. Accept his forgiveness and you walk by faith. You don't first try to clean up your act and try harder. You accept the Father's love for you. And you, you ask him and allow him to transform you. You invite him to change you and to father you and to pour truth into you. You thank him for loving you and forgiving you and giving your life purpose and meaning. You trust in him and not your own understanding. You let his truth renew your mind. That's you just allow God to speak truth and transform you with the truth. He'll do it. If you keep thinking you're not worthy, that he doesn't hear you, or your performance determines his posture towards you, you will let you will talk yourself into doubt and insecurity every time. When you keep trying to earn what he's already paid for, you'll end up frustrated and guilty and exhausted. You will fail because condemnation will eat your lunch. Guilt and shame will just drive you into darkness, and you'll stay there. You and I must believe in the finished work of the cross lest we empty it of its power. It was Jesus himself who from the cross said, It is finished. He finished the work he came to do. He paid the price to restore the image back inside you. That's why he can put the Spirit back in you. Because he finished the work. He paid the price. So he can put it there. The Bible says it this way. It says, Jesus came and was made to be sin for us. He died on the cross to redeem us. That restores us back to the image of God. And we receive this redemption as a gift. But just because it was free to us does not mean it wasn't costly. Because Jesus paid the ultimate price. The prophet Isaiah, awesome verse, the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah tells us that Jesus was beaten beyond description when he hung on that cross. Isaiah 52, 14, it reads this, if you're not familiar, talking about Jesus, it says, Jesus' appearance was disfigured beyond that of any man, and his form marred beyond human likeness. Do you understand why Jesus was beaten beyond description so much so that he didn't even resemble the appearance of a human being? It was not only because of the severity and cruelty of his captors. Jesus was beaten beyond human likeness because when sin got done with man in the garden... He didn't look anything like he was created to be. Sin made Adam and Eve unrecognizable from who they were created to be. The image of God had been so damaged and so disfigured. So here's what Jesus did. Jesus took that marred, twisted identity on himself so we could get our identity back. He became sin who knew no sin so we could become his righteousness. There's so many parallels to the cross. He became sin so we could become righteous. He died so we could forever live. He was separated from the Father so we could be forever joined. He was beaten so we could be healed. He became nothing so we could inherit everything. He was broken so we could become unbreakable. That's what the cross did for us. That's what Jesus did for us. That's why we sing redeemed. It's the finished work of the cross. You just have to believe it. You just got to believe that. Thank you. I, I was waiting for an amen. All right. It's the truth. It's what God has done for us to restore the image, to restore our purpose and our identity. He did it. That's why he said it's finished. Because he took care of it and he paid the price. 
The question is, do you and I believe it? I know you know it. Forget it. You've got you to believe it. Because when you believe it, it'll change the way you live. It'll transform your thinking. It'll change your action. Because you understand the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus' cross on this, death on the cross destroyed sin and restored us to original purpose. Jesus did not come to expose your sin. He came to remove your sin and expose your value and your identity and your purpose. He removes our sin from us. That's what Scripture says. In fact, it was John the Baptist who pointed to Jesus on the banks of the Jordan River and exclaimed, There is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Well, where's our sin? It's away. Jesus took it away. It's not on us anymore. And you're, you're being held down and shackled by sin that's been taken away. You've got to believe the truth. Jesus paid for it and has taken it away. That's what Scripture tells us. He took away our sin. That's why we can sing, What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus takes away our sin. It's the finished work of the cross. Do you believe it? One last time, just so we're clear. Jesus' death on the cross removes my sin. He declares me righteous, and he puts his spirit back inside me. I'm back to original design to live out the purpose I was created for. To fill the earth with the image of God. That's the plan. That's the gospel. That's what we're called to do. That's the meaning of your life. That's what you were created for. It's, you were made for this. It's God's purpose for you and me. So whether you know it or not, you woke up this morning to have one more day to look like your Father in Heaven. To fill the earth with His image. To shine the image of God in a world of darkness. So let your light so shine before men that they would see your good deeds and praise your Father in Heaven. Man, our light shows the way. Our light dispels darkness. My body is flooded with light. Why? Because of the one who lives inside me. I bring light and truth into every situation. So do you if you're a follower of Jesus. You just got to believe it and step into that truth. We carry the light of life and the truth of God wherever we go. We carry it because of the Spirit who lives inside us. And it changes everything. It was Sunday night. I get a phone call. Actually, it was a couple Sunday nights ago now. A good friend right from church. And he asked me if I'd come over and, and sit with his family because they were in a bad way. They were having a tough day. So would I come pray with them? I was like, sure. So I hustled over there. I love this family. I arrive at the house, and there's the whole family in the living room. Mom and dad and college-age daughter and teenage daughter and younger son all sitting there. And they look pretty beat up. You could tell they had been crying. You could tell it had been a long day. They didn't look so good. And I walk in, and I was like, well, what's up? What's going on? And they proceed to tell me that uh, someone who's almost like one of the family, a boyfriend of the college-age daughter, had gone back to using drugs. And they were just sick. They were broken. They were so sad and scared for him. They felt hopeless. College-age daughter, the girlfriend, felt that she was partly responsible they were despairing because they were afraid of what was going to happen. This guy had gotten, gotten hooked again on and had a heroin addiction. And they just saw it destroying him. And so they were saying, could you, could you pray for us? And I said, of course. Of course. Because I know I carry light and truth with me, just as you do. And I'm going to carry light and truth into this despairing situation. Why? Because the truth will set people free. The light dispels darkness. You know what I know? I know the truth. I know the truth is that 
The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. So, of course, I'll pray. Let's pray. So we prayed. And we, you know what we did? We took our eyes off the problem. We got our eyes on our great God. And we started to declare the truth. Like, you know, God is stronger than heroin. That's no big deal for him. He can restore and rescue this guy. Our God's, his arm's not too short to reach out to the one we love. Right? He's more powerful. He does great things. He still loves this guy. He paid the price already to redeem him from that sin. And God loves to use people like us, people who love guys who are in trouble like that, to, to reach out with it in love and support and encouragement to walk with him through in his time of need. We knew that. and we, we declared that. So we prayed like that for a little bit. And by the time we said amen, you know what happened? Everything changed. The circumstances hadn't changed one bit. But our attitude, our posture in these circumstances had totally changed because we got our eyes off the problem, got our eyes on our great God. And we realized now we're excited because we're thinking, this is going to be so awesome to see what God does. We're going to see God kind of revive someone who's dead, who's going to come back to life because God's going to give him life. He's going to, he's going to break through that addiction. God's going to probably use us to do it. This is going to be so awesome, so exciting. God can't wait to see what you do. Everything had changed. You know why? Because light and truth had entered the, a desperate situation. We bring it because of the one who lives inside us. So I'm about to leave, and I'm not kidding you. It was a great night. They were all celebrating. So this is an awesome night. This is so cool. And I'm leaving, and the mom prompts younger teenage daughter, and I hear her say, hey, he's here. Why, why don't you tell him? Tell him. So I'm kind of walking out the door. I said, hey, hey, tell me. What, what's going on? Younger teenage daughter said, well, the truth is I'm kind of troubled myself. I've, there's evil spirits that are tormenting me. There's evil spirits that have just been, you know, causing me to doubt my worth and value. The, these spirits have been whispering things into my head that I, I know aren't true, but I'm, I'm feeling heavy under them. And, and the truth is, it's, I'm starting to believe these lies about me. And, and I feel fearful and, and insecure and scattered, and, and I can't think straight. And it kind of consumes my thoughts. And, and she said, in fact, I've seen these spirits in my bedroom. So think of it. A place that was formerly a place of rest is now a place of torment and torture for this young girl. A place where she gets a little more afraid and a little more insecure about who she is and God's presence. So what do we do? The, the five of us march into her bedroom and we say, we're bringing truth and light into this dark place. And we walked in, and i got to tell you, it was an oppressive place. This little girl's bedroom, posters all around the wall, but it was heavy. I mean, the air was heavy in there. There was something bad going on in there. So we bring light and truth. You know what? I know what the truth says. The truth says that the light has come and the darkness shall not, shall not overcome it. The truth says that I'm the light of the world because of the one who lives inside me. And you can't hide this light, but the light gives light to everyone in the house. So let your light shine. So that's what we're going to do. So he said, let's pray because we know the truth and the truth will set us free. So let's start praying. So there's five of us in there and we start to pray. And we proclaim the truth. We proclaim the truth that, hey, Jesus has paid a, a huge price for each one of us. He knows us by name and he loves us and he protects us and he's with us. That's the truth. And that uh, the, the enemy has no right to this area. In fact, we stake this claim, this area, this territory for Jesus because he paid for it. It's rightfully his. And the, and the enemy has no right in this area. We start to talk like that. We start to proclaim the truth that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We start to proclaim that, you know, I am his and he is ours. And that we are one with him. And he loves us as children. We spoke the truth into that place. You know what happened? By the time we said amen, we opened our eyes. 
place is flooded with light. Totally different atmosphere. Totally changed. The evil had left. You know why? We knew it had left because we know the truth. And the truth says that light dispels darkness. It also says, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil. He flees from you. So what we were doing in there, we were submitting ourselves to God. We were resisting him. And he fleed. But just for good measure, just to make sure we knew that they had left, the five of us, as these spirits had left, we felt poked. We felt scratched as the presence had left. Just to let us know they were leaving. We knew they were leaving because we know the truth. But just for good measure, they let us know they left. And the place was totally changed. Awesome. That's the power of our God. You and I bring light and truth. And the light dispels darkness. The truth trumps lies. And perfect love drives out fear. That's exactly what happened in that room. That's what we were made for. Because of the one who lives inside us. This is what we do. We fill the earth with the image of God. And part of our task is to destroy the works of the enemy. It's not us. It's the one who lives inside us, who, who shines through us. So the answer to the meaning of life, the meaning of your life, is this. You were created to fill the earth with the image of God. It's been your purpose from the beginning. God has put his spirit inside you to bring light and truth into every and any situation. The light dispels the darkness. The truth brings freedom. That's what you do. That's what you're created for. That's your purpose. It's the power that you and I bring into any and every situation because of the one who lives within us. And God said he'll build his kingdom through those who know who they are and what they were created for. So what do you say, church? Yeah, it's up to you and I. The truth is, he says, come on. You and I are to fill the earth with the image of God. So the ma- it's up to us to say, I'm in. I'll do it. And it's not me. It's the one who lives inside me. I'm going to believe it and get on with the purpose of building his kingdom. Amen? Let's pray. Let's close in prayer. So, Father in heaven, you are an awesome God. We are so well aware of our insecurities, our feebleness, our failures, that it causes us to shrink back. And in the process, we negate the truth. Forgive us for that. What we want to do, guys, we want to be, we want to be agents of the truth. We want to live out the purpose you designed and created in us. We want to bring light and truth into situations because this world is so dark. There's so much brokenness, but we want to bring healing. We want to bring light. We want to bring truth. We want to bring grace. We want to bring perfect love that will cast out the fear that's so evident around us. So work in us, God. Continue to pour truth into us. Renew our minds so we will believe the truth and not what we see, not live by our insecurities, not live by our fears, but we live by the truth of what you say about us and what you've called us to do. That's our prayer. So do that work in us because we want to lift you up. We want to raise you. We want to fill the earth with your image. And we pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen.